hey, uh, good morning, guys. Uh, good morning. Thank you so much for allowing me to be able to uh, speak with you guys today. Uh, NCS has been such a huge support, and wherever I worked, I would always look to tap into that. Uh, actually, back in around 2006 through 2008, when I was working at Medco, I would be at the, uh, uh, the Indian Trails Club, uh, and I would attend those morning meetings. My jobs would change. I would move to a different job. I would look for the for the nearest NCS, and that's uh, what brought me to Short Hills when I was uh, when I was actually working in Union. So, in terms of just who I am, what I do, a couple more details. So, I'm a Christian-based counselor, uh, and the reason why I believe that's so important is I, I had gone through counseling myself through the secular way of doing it. My training was in that as a counselor, and. It was almost as if when I was going through my, experiencing my own life issues, it was like fighting Mike Tyson with one hand behind my back. It was not until I sought out Christian counseling, after I became a Christian, that I was like, wow, like there's really something for me to grasp onto here. Um, not only to give me hope, but also just the spirit, you know, that, uh, that Jesus gives me uh, and how that just helps carry me through. Uh, and just using that, that wisdom so my approach, I specialize in working with guys. The biggest thing and the most important thing that I'll be sharing with you from my experience is how to connect, what I discovered, is how to connect my head with my heart. And what exactly does that do? They're like two, um, it's like a train track. One rail is parallel to the other and they will never connect, but becomes so important to be able to understand what happens. So I help guys work through that, uh, hit with so many different things day in, day out, conflicts that are out of your control from all different facets of life. So how do you work through that? Um, how do you work through your own issues as you're working through all of that noise and it just seems to be bogging you down? So um, work with guys to help them understand how to help manage those situations, but then also for them to be able to tap into their identity like who are they who are you in your eyes who are you in God's eyes um, so uh, significant questions that then uncover significant answers <clears throat> and then using that to build on so uh, ultimately that is my approach uh, in working with guys couples and, and families uh, I don't I am not going to tell you what to do, I'm gonna share with you my experience with what I had to do. <clears throat> and to uh, be able to do it in a way where um, I'd like to have you guys just be able to be the clinician for a moment <clears throat> and ask a couple key questions. And it's this, so what's behind that action? What's behind that motivation? And so as I'm just talking about my story, think about that. Because then, at the end, we'll start to uh, help unravel that. And in terms of what I was then able to be able to understand about myself, uh, and then how God helped me tap into that. All right, it makes sense? Sound good? Yep. All right. Okay. Uh, I want to just cut like right to the middle of my story, and it's this. I was so driven to succeed. Um, it was so important to me. And what I did to hedge my bets you know, I, it was education. Because if I had more education, 
the better my odds of success. So I got a master's degree in social work. Later on, I picked up a, uh, an MBA with a concentration in health systems, systems management. <clears throat> and I really thought, this is going to propel me to get to what I want to be, who I want to become. And so what's behind that drive to do that? And what was happening with me was um, I thought there was a belief that I just picked up on uh, as a kid growing up, and that was who you are is what you do. Well, I wanted to be successful, so I wanted to do things that I could you know, then attain that sense of accomplishment. It wasn't about money, it wasn't about fame. I went into social work. Uh, it was really about like how to have that sense of peace, that sense of connectedness, but really I was going after that sense of accomplishment. Because if I got attained that sense of accomplishment, what do you think then happened to me personally? I felt good. I felt good about myself. So why did I need to feel good about myself? Because deep down, uh, I did not feel good enough. Uh, it was not until I went into uh, counseling, um, like the second time. And so here I am. I'm a provider of the service. I'm trained in it. And yet I have to seek the service. So if you guys ever think about like failure, just think about that. You're, you're an accountant, you know, and, and you just got nailed for tax evasion. Like it was almost like this, this, the, same, the same premise, the same concept of like, man, this doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel good. But I knew enough that the pain got so great, I had to do it. Uh, and then out of that, that sense of courage to kind of uh, face myself, things could only get better. So. <clears throat> through this time, um, I became Christian through small group Bible studies, and years had gone on doing all of the things with my family, church. I'm going to men's groups, and yet there's still something hollow in my life. That hollowness in my life, that sense of searching for success, significance, so I could feel good, I wasn't getting it through my career. I worked at major corporations, Aetna, Cigna, Oxford. Uh, I worked at Anthem. I, you know, and if I was hitting a ceiling here and I felt I was getting shut down because I needed to succeed, you're holding me back. Like these companies are holding me back. Uh, I then would just switch and move my ladder and just climb the wall uh, of another corporation. Then I got to the point my ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Um, so <clears throat> I have this Christian knowledge now. And I know I'm a believer. I'm reading the Bible. I'm learning so much uh, about Jesus. I loved it. And what ended up happening, first question the counselor asked me, uh, he was a big biblical uh, minister, and so he asked me this question. If I die and go to heaven, uh, why would Jesus let me in? Right. Intellectually, I heard that before. Um, it's because I'm saved and I'm going to get in. Well, that's, that's right. A good answer, right? What do I believe? I believe that because that's what God told me. <clears throat> but what did I believe about myself? That was the struggle um, that I was going through. And it's still like, I could still feel it, like in me, like 10 years later, like sharing this story. So um, I, my head did not connect with my heart. Jesus told me one thing. My head said, you're not good enough. You need more. When you get more, you're satisfied. God, I'll tell you what I'll do. I am going to use the skills that you gave me 
so I could become the man that you want me to be, and I want to attain A, B, and C. Jesus, here's my plan. It is a great plan. I need you to bless it. I need it done by Tuesday. And guess what God said? Wait. Right? <laughs> he said, I didn't hear anything. Like, and then that led to, I'm not hearing from you. What's wrong with me? What's going on? Like, this isn't connecting. Something's not right. What do I need to do? <clears throat> Performance. What do we need to do? How do I get back in your good graces now? I made mistakes. <clears throat> Took wrong roads as a Christian man to the point where um, I put my marriage at risk. It almost blew up. Thank God for my wife. <clears throat> so this is happening as I am a Christian going through all of the right things. And I enjoyed them. I was absorbing everything. But even with, even with all those outside types of activities I was doing, what's going on with me? It still wasn't connecting. <clears throat> and I didn't know. I just thought that's how it was. So as we got deeper into uh, this whole process, here's what, I, um, here's what I started to find. And that was clearly head wasn't connecting with my heart, but how come? I was using my idol, my idol of career. This career is going to get me success. And so I would bring my idol to Jesus. Can you bless this? Then I'll feel good. That's why I wasn't hearing anything. I wasn't hearing anything because I am probably getting God, I won't say upset, but really disappointed. You're asking me to bless your idol? <clears throat> why don't you come to me for that? Then, as I started to uh, like really understand that, well, that's a good point. Why don't, maybe I should start doing that. But like how? Um, What's the process? And I never really heard anybody say, here's what you need to do. Let's make that connection. Uh, so then I, through various ways, I was able to, through counseling, uh, through reading, going through different <clears throat> programs myself, now this makes sense. And so here's how it made sense to me. Um, I had this false identity of I lacked, therefore I needed more. When I got more, I feel better. So that, that makes perfect sense. But what's behind that? So what was behind that? Like as a kid, just growing up, and great parents, great family, no complaints there at all. Uh, but sports was so huge to me. It was competition. I got my identity through sports. The best times in my life feeling as a kid was the accomplishment through sports. But the worst times as a kid growing up, like through high school, and even into college, biggest disappointments were through sports. So how do I then make sure that if these things are out of my control, how do I try to make them better? I'll try harder. <clears throat> if I try harder, it's kind of like the ingredients of American success, right? Pull yourself up by the bootstraps, grit, determination, hard work, sacrifice. <clears throat> that will get you success. That will give you that sense of achievement, accomplishment, um, that I wanted because who doesn't want that? You know, that's, that's all I knew. Uh, and then um, 
I don't want to go off on a tangent, but you hear stories of these people who have become famous in the business world, in the sports world, uh, famous in, in various aspects of life, and you hear their stories about how they made themselves to be the man that they are, a self-made man. Uh, you don't hear many stories about really, Jesus made me who the man I am today, that's why I'm successful. You hear some, but you, not many. Uh, I didn't hear many, I, I didn't, those stories I heard were at the headline level, I didn't know how they got there. So, going back to this false sense of identity, of being a failure, I gotta try more. I brought that into my career. And then when I was trying really hard, not getting to where I wanted, after sacrificing all of this for these, these you know, educational degrees <clears throat> and, not, and not getting there, it's gotta be me. And then the cycle after cycle after cycle, and then it led to, if I'm not gonna get it from work, I'm gonna get it from somewhere else. That sense of satisfaction, accomplishment. <clears throat> and that led me to worldly things, right? To kind of fill those desires in worldly ways. In those worldly ways, certainly we're not Christian. Um, so here I am. What, why do you think you should be able to get into heaven if Jesus asked why? <clears throat> and then through that process, my false identity, I was taking that to Jesus. And we know through Jesus that we have this unmerited favor. But I didn't believe it. And the step of now connecting really truly through him was really taking a look at my identity through his eyes. And so there's um, uh, a process that we'll go through with the breakout section, uh, sessions. And it's really about using, it's what's called desire prayers. And the desire prayer is really about, <clears throat> my desire was to be successful. And I filled it in the wrong ways. And so I can still, say, I can still take that same desire to Jesus and have him fill it. Jesus, I want to be successful. How, what is my value in your eyes? And this is going to sound weird, and we could, we'll try this. But if you connect with Jesus on the relationship level, and you ask him uh, something that he wants to give you and speak to you <clears throat> versus your idol, you'll hear him in 30 seconds. I could guarantee you that. This guy's making a guarantee that Jesus can speak to me. Um, I will. And so we could try this. So it's a bit of a challenge. There's a couple caveats with it, but it's a challenge I want to put out uh, to you guys. So the way in doing that, take your desire, ask Jesus to fill it. But a couple things need to happen. Your heart, you just need to get centered in yourself, and you have to open up your heart uh, to allow Jesus to come in. To have a moment, and sometimes in groups, it's it's... You know, I have guys around me and stuff like that. I may not feel so comfortable. Or may have to do this at a quiet time at home. Open up your heart. Have a, have a quiet moment where you are allowing Jesus in. You are not looking to impress Jesus. You are not looking to ask for forgiveness in this moment because you have faults. He knows them, right? He loves you. And so, um, based on that, um, he wants to speak to your desire because of who you are <clears throat> in his eyes. And um, it's just interesting. So talking about it, I just feel um, like the Holy Spirit, like just wanting in me 
to want to connect with you guys, you know, with that. So imagine what that experience would be like. Um, this is not an intellectual exercise of, okay, uh, what Bible verse is you going to bring to mind? It's not. So I talked about the, the, the train track, two rails. They don't connect. <clears throat> what happens is that we have this, um, uh, we have our brain. Our brain is logical, <coughs> rational. It deals with facts. It deals with figures. You know, it could come with the, with the debates. It could see nuances. That's your, that's the one track, right? That's the one rail. The other rail is this emotional rail that you have. Emotions. Your logical brain does not listen to emotions. Your emotional brain wants to get your, your, your emotional self wants to get your brain's attention. So that's why you see, well, my God, I'm getting like really angry lately. What's going on? Uh, I'm losing my temper. I feel like really anxious. It's your body telling you, hey, there's something going on here. You, you got to pay attention to me. And so when that happens, our emotional self deals with feelings, but to speak to it, it's through imagery. Uh, it's through memories. It's through feelings. And so that emotional level is how Jesus speaks to us. Think about it. When he performed miracles, did he ever say, hey, you need to memorize these verses? When you do, you're saved. We'll have a conversation. Everything was through an experience, uh, not through your head, not through your head. But our head is where the performance is at, right? Our heart hurts, and our head says, you got to try harder. So going to Jesus with this is not, <clears throat> my gosh, I have so many faults. Can you please forgive me? In this type of prayer, it's like, man, you're there. He wants to, he wants to connect with you. Uh, he sees your worth. He sees your value. And so with um, taking that to him, having an open heart, but allow him to do the work. Not you. You don't have to work. You just have to like sit, be in his presence, and allow him, give him the space to work. You don't need to fill it with, with your prayers or pleads or, you know, uh, sacrifices. Uh, what God wants is a broken and contrite heart, right? So he wants an open heart, right? That's the most important thing to him. Because when he fills your heart, he knows what he can do with it, right? Um, so that's the process about connecting with Jesus. So here's how the prayers go. And so uh, the prayers are just really dealing with him filling a specific desire that you have. So desires. Success, acceptance, security, peace. Uh, they're important desires that we have. Connectedness, love, uh, those things. So it's, it's uh, uh, there's about 16 different desires that, you know, that we have, right, as human beings. And it's taking those desires. So how do you find out what your desire is if you're not sure? Take a look at where you hurt. Take a look at what have those things been that have been uh, a memory that you can't shake and that you're always fighting to overcome? And if I could defeat this, if I could keep this out of my head, I, I hear the voice of negativity from, from maybe mom, from maybe dad, from maybe somebody else. I have to prove myself because I never got it from them. And I'm going to show them how I could make it. Or getting teased growing up, you know, playing sports. You know, 
not a fun feeling. I'm going to show them. If I try better, I'm going to do it. Um, that sense of, of just not being good enough. It's a great motivator, don't get me wrong. Overachievers, right? Overachievers are fantastic. They're great. But the question is, like, what's behind that? Uh, what's behind the overachieving? Is it the sense of, I, I need to... I need to perform, I need to do better, I need to do this to gain respect from others. Um, is my security in a relationship? Because if my security is in a relationship, that becomes my idol. And if I take my idol to God, you're going to hear crickets. And so I'm, my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. Like, what's, what's wrong with me? And Jesus is saying, I'm not going to come back at a different time when it's just me and you. Leave your idol at home, and you come to me. Uh, so as I'm talking about that, um, I just want to kind of get a feel for the group. Uh, there is an exercise through the breakout session for you guys to kind of work through this. Um, to tap into it, you have to understand your drive. Our wounds drive us and take that to Jesus. And we have these masterful ways of overcompensating. And that's, that's, that's not a bad thing. But the overcompensation after a while makes us hollow. And then where's Jesus in this? If, if, our, if our career tanks tomorrow, if we get laid off, who are we? Who I am is what I do. She just took away what I do. Now I'm nobody, right? So <clears throat> it's a slippery slope to kind of build your identity on, if it's on others and pleasing others, well, what if they're jerks? Like the people that we're trying to please, think about it. Have they been nice to us? Is it like a go-to person that we could really rely on? It's somebody that's wounded us and we want to prove to them, I'm not as bad as you think I am. Um, so understanding where the wounds, wounds come from is so important to that. Is it fun to think about? No. But every day it drives us in one way, shape, or form. So the purpose of the connectedness is to have Jesus step in. And you could still have that desire. You could still have that drive. You will not lose your, your work ethic. You will not lose your, your capabilities right in your, in your professions. But guess what? Now you're going to have Jesus with you versus <clears throat> imagine yourself being filled, having that desire filled and going about your day versus operating from a sense of lack, operating from a hole. Would we ever, like what would we tell our kids, right? We would tell our sons, we would tell our daughters, look, um, here's what I see in you. That's what Jesus does. So, let me just pause um, for <clears throat> questions, comments, um, I see some nods. I see some, you know. Thank you. Yeah. What was the uh, discussion around the table today? What so, was, yeah. So perfect. Uh, great. Uh, great question. So there's there's a handout. So I'll just describe the handout, and the handout has uh, two challenge questions. Uh, two challenge questions, and that is perfect. Thank you. So uh, share about a time when you failed. Uh, and how that impacted your self-image. 
and how that became that driving force in your life. And then next, when you think about it, what, what gives these painful memories like such traction? You know, how do these painful memories, how, like what's so powerful about them that they identify us? Think about it, like, do we allow the good to identify who we are? It's more of like the negative to define who we are. And I, I really think as men, what happens is that it's how we're wired, it's how we're motivated. Everything in sports, right, is do better, try harder, get faster, get bigger, get stronger. And that's fine. But we also take that into our identity. And then that's where things get into trouble. So, um, so that's the first question. Uh, and then just a, the second comment is, you know, God made us to seek his desires through him. However, our false identities, they look to, def they look to fill desires in worldly ways, in twisted ways, in ways that become idols to us. We make our idol happy, we're happy. Um, and then here's a couple questions just about um, false identity, uh, a couple things to keep in mind. So these are like false identity, and it's like our critical self. It's what we tell ourselves that are really like destructive things, but it's just like things and voices and comments that we say to ourselves moment to moment. So I'm still not good enough, so I gotta try harder. So what's the desire behind that? So what's behind that? It's the desire for significance. And so what happens? What's the outcome of me always looking for to try harder? Well, I could become a workaholic. And the outcome of me being a workaholic is I have no family life. My kids don't know who they are. My kids don't know who I am. Kids may not know who they are more than likely too. Uh, the false identity of I must please people to like me. That's me looking for connectedness. And so what happens if that, if I live like that all the time, I, I masquerade. I become who you want me to be. I'm a chameleon from one room, from one family to one situation to the other. And then at the end of all, like who am I really? I'm not sure. So we may be like this, our spouses may be like this. So. It's these dynamics, right, that, that take place within our life. I gotta take control. If I want something done right, I gotta take control of it myself. That's this desire to come through. When you come through, it's again, kinda like that sense of accomplishment. And so if that is your driving force, typically, you know, we know people uh, as control freaks. And when that happens, there's a lot of broken relationships because um, that driving force become so much performance-based. And then this other false identity as, a, as this last example. I have to prove myself for, to gain love and respect. That's a sense of worth. And so if you're always looking to gain love and respect and having to prove yourself, it creates so much anxiety. Yes? There are, as, we, as I look at these, it, it doesn't mean that I'm one and not the other. Yet I could be one or two or three of them. Oh, you, uh, right? I, I could be all these in like in, in the next five minutes right, after right, I leave. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not in a box. So these are uh, we can morph into these, you know, throughout the day, and even in different relationships that we have, uh, maybe with our relationship with our father, right? We may come in and out of out of these ways of how we're looking to fill desire. We may have different false identities with different people, right? So this false identity ultimately drives, it drives negative behavior. 
but that's the thing. So we get at the surface of our behavior. This is not a fix for your behavior to do something different and you'll feel better. It's momentary if I fix your behavior. So in terms of counseling, in terms of getting at the root cause, the root cause is what is that driving force? We address that driving force and you have Jesus fill it, we bring him into it. Guess what? You have, you have like sustained success. Will you be perfect? No, it is. Will you be much further advanced than what you are now? Absolutely. Yes. So, yeah, thank you for that. So, this next session, so, is, is this. Um, the next section is about desire prayers. So, I'll tell you what, why don't you guys go through the first part of the exercise in terms of just talking about your experiences. And then the last piece is going to be about putting that performance prayer into action. Right? And we could talk about that, and I could give you guys a couple takeaways. Uh, about how to apply that yourself. We touched on it here, uh, but then we can do that. Okay. Guys, let's give it up for Mike. Listen. Uh, thank you.